Well, Danny. Yeah, that's me. One plus one is me and you. Yeah, it is. Podcast. Let's talk um, about Death from Above. 1979, motherfuckers. Yeah, so this is episode 18, uh, and we are doing something we haven't done before. We're doing an album. Uh, it's not really a retrospective because this album just came out this week. A so, retrospective? <laughs> uh, an album f- first list. We haven't named this kind of show yet. I don't know. We have list episodes. We have album retrospectives. This is a first listen. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, first listen. Album drop, first listen. Oh, album drop might be good because then it's like. Yeah, album drop. Okay, okay. We're we're workshopping it. Let us know. uh, Let us know, B siders or whatever we're calling our listeners. I like the B siders. Just B siders. There it is. Speaking of B siders, I'm going to get into this as we get into this album. The B side of this album is fucking dope. But yeah. Wait, what's that? Which one is the. Okay, you're going to get to it. Yeah. Is that somewhere else? Like, No, like I actually bought the physical album and oh, the B-side oh, to this oh, album, yeah. which is totally like... wiped out and beyond. Like, from that point on is all B-side, and it's so good. Okay. Um, oh, yeah. No, I feel that. Looking at what's on the second half. I'm trying to find it. I bought the... I went opening day, and I'm good with my record store people. So if you're ever in Ferndale, listeners, you should go to Found Sound. It's a really good record shop. It is. Um, I concur. Um, he had one of the record store exclusives, which one side's black, and the other side is like this red. I don't even know. It's not red red. It looks like a chrome red. But it was sweet. I got that one that they got in. I was like, yes. <laughs> but it looks beautiful. Whoop, whoop. Very cool. Very, very, very cool. I have a, I have an album that I'm getting in the mail soon that's been shipped that I'm excited to talk about when it comes. But I have been addicted to ordering special vinyl lately. Like it's starting to become a problem. Like I ordered AFI's new album that's all ghostly looking. Mm-hmm. Um, hold on. Because of you, I ordered the Juliana Theory, like their new one that's got everything they redid. And yeah. I got like the the human skin looking one i know it's like a dream away the juliana theory a dream away yeah i got that one. Oh man i just i keep ordering i've got four of them i think oh i got the i ordered the new uh oh my god they're on my i wasn't expecting this i would have been more prepared <laughs> uh the new bear tooth the past is dead the new album or that's not the name of the album but i got a special one of that which is sick the thing I have coming is uh, the Secret of the Ooze um, score from yeah. Waxworth work. I got the and that's the cool thing is that the they had they both had the both movies had really good soundtrack. I don't know about the I can't remember if the third one soundtrack was good or not, but they had good uh, soundtracks. But then like the scores were never released, so Waxwork Waxwork Records has been releasing the scores, um, which I love so. I saw that uh, that score online. Like, does it? What's the vinyl look like? Isn't it cool? It's green. It's like a oh. bright green. And, but then the so the cover art is like an is it like new cover art made by Kevin Eastman? Yeah, I saw that the cover art looks sick. Yeah, very cool. I'm looking at it right now. What's what album has T U R T L E power on it? Is that the first, the first one? Yes. But that's so that's not on these because these are the scores. The scores, yeah. yeah. But I have that. Uh, I have that record too. The this, that the uh, 
soundtrack for the first one. D-U-R-T-L-E power. Partners in crime. They were, they were at the, they, they came to that Ninja Turtles con that we went to. Really? They didn't play yeah, them, not, right? No, they did, but they were there. I think we, we either A, left before, or they were there like the second day. Oh. That was seven years ago, by the way. I, I know. It was like on my Facebook weekly. Reminder. Yeah. And I was like looking at pictures of us looking like turtles, like idiots. <laughs> That's all right. That was a good time. <laughs> it's not, it's we met right. Kevin Eastman. He was really cool. So Yeah. And uh, the pizza dude from the first movie. Yeah. Uh, uh, Ernie Reyes. What's his I have his name? In the movie. Uh, Kino. Yeah, that's what I was trying to think. So he was the lead uh, actor in Surf Ninjas, and I actually have a Surf Ninjas t-shirt coming from this uh, t-shirt like drop uh, Instagram called Youth Energy. Ooh. They, oh no, they do some sweet stuff. Like I have, I also have a uh, two Mighty Ducks shirts uh, ordered that are coming too. I just followed them. No, they're they're super. Wait, youth sweet. what? Youth energy. Boom. You can't find well, it. I'll send you a link. I got it. Ooh, that Mighty Ducks hat's cool. Ooh, they I have the... idle hand shirts. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So they do All drops, right. though. So some of that stuff might not be on their website anymore. Gotcha. But... I'm used to that with other, like the pin collecting yeah. I did. No, yeah, I know quick. you know. Well, uh, we kind of derailed there a little bit. Yeah. So this is is for lovers by Death from Above, the new album that came out on Friday. We spent the, the weekend cramming it into our ear holes, and uh, now we are going to let you know what we think about it. Yeah, yeah. So, Did you have, like, a rap sheet for this? Um, the, I, the rap sheet that I have is that it was released on March 26, 2021, and that they produced it themselves. Which was like oh, a big they? point. I watched a couple of interviews that they've done in like the lead up or like right at release, and that was one thing that they kind of talked about being really proud of is that they, you know, they produced it themselves. They weren't. It was kind of just them and their creative process, and no one else in the middle, you know. So they, I mean, before we even get into this, I just think Death from Above is so fucking good and creative. Like, just watching them do this with just a bass and then usually like a very simple looking drum set like the stuff the sounds that they can produce they do are have, they do have a lot of keyboards on this though yeah there's piano on this album so did you watch the music video for one plus one i did not it's cute and it's them like in a field and like it's it's really cool and it like i miss playing bass and that makes me want it even more but i've never been able to get that tone that he gets that crunchy, like almost guitar sound with his bass. Well, there's got to be, there's obviously some distortion there too, yeah. right? I mean, so, um, short personal history. Um, I haven't been into this band as long as you have. And, um, I think I might have talked about this like a little bit at the end of last episode, but, uh, I remember when, uh, the physical world came out and you brought it home. Uh, like on payday or whatever yep. and, and uh, put it on and I was like what is this and I remember Aaron was over and we were listening to it and I was like enamored with it and uh, he just happened to have like some tickets and so then we ended up going to see them at the Crowfoot which was incredible but because of that for whatever reason I never like thought I, I obviously have because I what I did this what I did while I was prepping for this um I did a couple times listen to some tracks from um, You're, You're a Woman, I'm a Machine. 
And there's some of them that I already knew. So I think I have like. Well, dive. we saw them live. Yeah. I did. Maybe that's why. Maybe I went doing prep for like looking at set lists and doing prep. I listened to some older songs. But for me, like my favorite album is that The Physical World because that was my like break in point. And I definitely think the song structure, they have, it has a more of a like normal song structure on a lot of those songs than this album does. So that threw me for a little bit of a loop. Um, yeah. But, uh, you know, I've already established that I'm not necessarily like the artsy weird guy especially definitely not on this podcast um i'm not like setting you up to say that i didn't like this album (gasps) or anything i'm just saying um i'm saying i know that the physical world being my favorite album is a controversial opinion i don't don't know because like i've been a fan since you're a woman and i'm a machine like i love that album the physical world is still my favorite death album like oh okay and honestly this new album took number two spot for me i still think the physical world is my still my still favorite it did bump you're a woman i'm a machine off i'm embarrassed i bought you outrages now i've never listened to that album wow i know so we both have a blind spot then i mean i need to i need to just sit down and check it out i don't know where i was in my life at that time but like I remember buying it for you because you love death and I wanted to listen to it, but I just never tried. Honestly, this one was. That, yeah, okay. I think that came out like right after like you moved like right around the time that like you moved away and you had a lot of stuff going on in your life. So it's like, yeah, you could I could see you missing a pop culture thing around that time. Like good things like, you know, m- moving in with Anne and all everything that's associated with with all that. So. Also, I, I might be misremembering when that album came out, but I, th- I think that's right. I've purchased two albums lately without listening to them, and this is one of them. And both times I've loved it. So what was like, the other one? Um, hold on. Was it a band you already knew at least? No. Or was, OK, so that's like a total blind spot then. Uh, hold on. It's Spice World, guys. Oh, no, he listened to that for the episode. Or did? So it's this band called Teenage Halloween. Oh, yeah, yeah. You posted on the Instagram. Yeah, I posted on Instagram and they responded. They were super friendly. They were like, hey, can we use your picture? Like, we want to promote it. We glad you lo- we're glad you love the record. I just bought it because there's a pumpkin dressed girl or guy with a flamethrower on the front. The songs are really funky, like really punk and really good. And it's it's cool because like once I dived into the band, they're like this big LGBTQ like bands, punk band that are like progressive and stuff. And I'm like, wow, this group is awesome. So so everyone should check out Teenage Halloween. It's really fucking good. But yeah, those are the two bands. And like I bought this record and I, I've heard one plus one because we talked about it and yeah. I really enjoyed it. And I was like, all right, I'm going to I'm going to take a risk. I'm just going to buy it. Hopefully I love it. And I did. All right, let's get into it. <laughs> Ah, yeah. Um, I will say I got into, uh, maybe I'll save that for later, actually. Yeah, I'll save that for later. Um, yeah, so you want to do track, the track by track? Track by track, motherfucker. Track uh, one, modern guy. Um, I wrote, whatever Jesse is doing in this song is wild and I really like it. Making weird si- sounds is nothing new for him. Yeah. <laughs> 
This is a sick opening track. I love the drums in this and just, you know, that bass guitar, like you said, it sounds so crunchy and so rock. Um, I always I love the cowbell <laughs> in the middle of it. Like you don't expect a cowbell, you know, you just and when it's there, you're like, hey, hey, cowbell. Welcome to the party. <laughs> Need a little bit more cowbell, baby. What do you think this song's about? I do like at the end when it's like you can change the world if you change you. Yeah, so I wrote some of the lyrics down here. I said, um, and I said I can't tell if they're like celebrating modern times or lamenting it. Um, the propaganda is getting to grandmas. The new lingo is in all the households. Merry Christmas, baby, struck from the record, celebrating the great dawn of utopia. Yeah, I don't um, know. <laughs> well, so okay, this is probably the place for me to to uh, say what I was thinking about before. So. I got into this rabbit hole about how like a couple, a few years ago, uh, Jesse was like, um, associated with the founder of the proud boys. What? Yeah. So in 2017, it, there was like a medium post and, um, he was, so they vice records which that guy owned i can't even remember his name and it's not worth saying anyway so yeah um because that guy's a huge piece of shit um uh that guy he like owned vice. he used to work for like vice media like the you know that really cool like a documentary uh channel and so the vice records like put out some of their earlier stuff i guess and so they like they knew each other through that and then he like there's a picture of him like hanging out in an election party in 2016 with them and then like he went on that guy's podcast like six times and like five times in 2016 and then so when all of this came out and it sounds like he said some things that like i didn't get real deep into like what he said because it was bumming me out um but like he said some things that weren't like great um but weren't like necessarily like super inflammatory either like kind of middle of the road scandalous and but then he came out and said like no i'm not a proud boy like i was like loosely like loosely acquainted with that guy and um you know like i would never join that group i'm like my my dad is indian and uh, you know like he said about he like totally disavowed it and like said that he wishes that he wouldn't have gone to those that party and like you know just like regretting the things that he did but that he was never part of that ideology and never part of that group and so like taking him at face value and kind of since looking at the fact that like nothing has really cropped up in the time since then yeah um but then it led me down like a thing um, and it's always hard because, you know, there was other people like using that as a platform to jump off and look at other lyrics and stuff. And there's some, a lot of the stuff that I saw was like, the way that I'm interpreting this is misogynistic and not good. But like, I feel like their lyrics are so like weird that yes, maybe, but maybe not like, um, and uh, admittedly until we did that, I didn't, I didn't necessarily like look too hard into the lyrics until, but of course reading all that, I ought like in a situation like this where I'm like, 
what is this what do these lyrics mean like my brain now automatically wants it to be the bad thing because like oh. I've, but but i'm not like i'm saying that openly to say like i don't know that that's necessarily true but i just wanted to tell you where my headspace is at so i i don't know well there's another song that i was worried about yeah yeah Yes, but then there's and, a song towards the end of the album that made me less worried. So I guess we'll get to that. <laughs> I would like to be ca- like I would. I my thought with it is that I'm cautious, um, and you know I don't know like if um, something ever comes out about them, uh, you know that then there it is. But uh, I don't know. It's it's all messy, and the, the whole thing is like. I've taught I've like literally talked about how I like I love Eminem's rap and his like lyrics are like super problematic. But then you look at it in a different lens because that stuff's from like 1999 and or, you know, I don't know. So it's it's all there's a very slope. There's a difference between art and the artist. And like I feel like Eminem's art. Yeah, is very problematic, though. We love it. Yeah. And I don't know if it completely reflects him as an artist person. I mean, I'm sure he's got. His politics are closets. Yeah. So, sorry, I don't mean to bring. I, I no, figured it's I, was fine. Like, I better get that out That's of the way. That's a bummer. I didn't know uh, that. Yeah. Um, so that makes this, me look at this in different colored glasses now. So I feel like this could be them saying, like, um, you know, is are they saying like this is good that we're progressing in this way where you know, uh, things are different or are they like lamenting the fact that we can't say Merry Christmas anymore or which we totally can. No one gives a shit. Um, and, uh, you know, but it, it, so it could be taken either way. Cause the, the propaganda could be stuff like QAnon, you know, like your, your grandma's on Facebook and she believes that Hillary killed a bunch of people or whatever. Or even know, like, if it's, if it's talking about all that, like I said at the end, it repeats over and over. You can change the world if you change you. Yeah. Like maybe it's like, hey, all you people that believe this, like, you could change the world if you stop being a piece of shit. I don't know. I'm yeah. Being we'll never really here. know unless they tell us, I guess. So. Ah, <laughs> oh, damn. <laughs> <laughs> wow, deep, deep dive into track one of Modern Guy. <laughs> Love the sound. Right, tra- love track the sound. Two. One plus one. I love the riff over the bridge. Yeah. That's that part's really good. This, I mean, so this song, this album has, I feel like the songs are like, they're very much what exactly what you'd expect from Death from Above, or they're like, not at all. Right. Yeah. And I this definitely falls into that like familiar category. Like it, this sounds like a Death from Above song. Like not I'm not saying in a bad way. Like it's not tired. I'm just like it. It has that like w- weird but driving like sweet bass, and then like his you know fast but simple drumming. Like that you know it's real crisp. And um, I think it's funny that lyrically, this song could easily be a pop song. Like give it to you know some pop singer like Dua Lipa or I don't know, someone else that's big right now. And if you slowed it down, like the lyrics, you could make this a pop song. Like two become one. No, one plus one. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I know. I know. What you mean. <laughs> um, dude, Sebastian's drumming on this song is so tight. 
It's so good. One plus one is three is totally that's magic is totally about having a baby. Yeah. (laughs) But it's a sweet, cute love song. And I mean, it's not their only love song on this album. That's I mean, this album's called is for lovers. Yeah, but it's it's interesting. And the song makes me want to dance just like that indie dance you do in like a basement when everything smells like sweat and beer. Well, that's wild because that's where they recorded this album in a basement covered in sweat and beer. Yeah, probably. (laughs) Yeah, uh, I will say, and this is a this is a thing throughout. I don't know. I haven't decided how I feel about that, like walkie-talkie vocal distortion on most of the songs. No, um, I mean, I, but, I I think it fits pretty well. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it fits their style. But I'm just as a, as like a lover of vocals. I'm like, you're a pretty good singer, dude. Like, why? Why do you do that? I want to hear your voice. You know. <laughs> All right. So. Track three. You're like, I hate this. You're you're ruining it for me. <laughs> Free animal. This is the one I was worried about. This is okay. the one I was hoping was not a protest song about the lockdown and like anti-mask. You know I what I mean? So I actually have a quote from Sebastian. I have a quote from Sebastian and a quote from Jesse on this one. Oh, good. Um, so Sebastian says Free Animal was basically describing the life of an artist slash freelancer who doesn't have a boss or doesn't have a job. And now, thanks to the pandemic, no one will will have a boss or a job by the time this the record comes out. Now granted, I they recorded this uh, in 2019 and then they produced they like mastered it in, in March of 2020. So like they didn't write this about the pandemic. Yeah. Like, this was okay. all done before that. So um he's just this interview is obviously after the like close to release. So um and then Jesse says, it's like when Thoreau, Thoreau wrote in Civil Disobedience that being a, in a prison cell was like the most free he's ever been and how the walls meant nothing. So, And then um, the last thing, Sebastian then also says, not to bring this conversation from Thoreau to fucking death from above 1979. But for example, the constraints of being a two-piece creatively are actually very freeing. There's an endless amount of creativity you can ha- that you can have, especially within a constraint. Because totally unrestrained unbridled creativity is too vast and intimidating so basically it's like when you don't have a boss and a job like when you're when you're truly free like that uh or it's like um it's you're even more free because you don't have these like you're making your own shit like you're not um beholden to a boss or a job and that's the same thing with this like prison thing is saying like you know in prison you're you're not free but you're you kind of are free because you don't have those obligations so you kind of helped me just now because i was spinning the coin on this one i was like i need to know lyrically kind of where they're coming from because if it is like the shitty version i hate the song but i do think this is a jam so i was worried (laughs) yeah i mean this is another i mean not to like parrot what i said about the last song but like this is another one of those like this is like your textbook, death from above kind of sound, strong, strong, no, noisy, weird bass line. You know, the fast drum beat really drives the song. Um, yeah. yeah, I was I mean, I was worried about it, too, because he does say something about lockdown. Yeah, at, like the beginning of the song. But yeah, um, I like it. I, I will say, like, the bass lines don't stick out to me like um, like. 
right on Frankenstein or like uh, Virgins or um, whatever. I can't remember the first song off that album, but you know, it's a yeah. So, but it's good. All right, track four, New York City Power Elite Part One. You don't think this bass line was the bass line on this song, especially just like the intro, reminded me of like just like a really fun early death from above. Are you typing me something? No, I'm I'm pulling it up on spot back oh. up on Spotify. <laughs> um, well, no, I was specifically talking about that last song. Oh yeah, okay. So Sebastian's singing already gives me, you know, so do you know who LCD Sound System is? Yeah. All right. So like he gives me like that James Murphy vibe. Only, you know, it's a l- like a little gruffer. I mean, honestly, yeah. Death From Above is like LCD Sound System if they were just a rock band with crunchy sounds. Because it's very like dancey and indie rock, you know. And the fact they have two songs, I mean, we'll get into it, but two quote-unquote songs <laughs> about New York City. And then also, you know, LCD Sound Systems, one of their bigger ones is called, like, New York, I Love You, But You're Bringing Me Down. Just yeah. like... Well, I the feel second like... song is not about New York. What, the part two? Yeah. The second song isn't even a song. Oh, you're. it's like you're on the... It's like you're on the Josh team now with the short songs, one minute and 31 seconds. If they would have added both songs together, it would be four minutes and 12 seconds, which is a perfectly fine. I mean, Love Letters is four minutes and 18 seconds. Sorry, I don't want to get. So anyways. the the reason uh, so I was I was cons- I was interested as to why they did two instead of one, especially since it like runs right into the other. Yeah. Like when I, w- I don't think I I didn't realize it was two songs until like I started putting the document together because every other time I'd listened to it I was just listening to it like uh, while I was out like walking or like I wasn't sitting down listening to it looking at it seeing the song titles right I was just listening to it and so I didn't realize it was two until I started like putting the document together and like splitting up my thoughts um but so the thing is is that the first song um Sebastian says his wife, uh, uh, filmmaker, oh man, I'm going to mess up her name, Eva Mykon, does that sound familiar? Nope. That's his wife. So she was asked by this woman in New York to make a reality show documentary about her career shift from corporate fashion baron to corporate internet retail baron. Um, she was privy to this world that a lot, not a lot of people get to peek into. So I painted a caricature of this person who believes that because of the rewards they're, they're, they've garnered, that they are, in fact, better morally and ethically than the rest of us, and that they feel like they can tell the rest of us how to be. Meanwhile, they're creating an alternate civilization on the coast of New Zealand where none of us will ever go. So that's okay. the first song. And then this... Oh, oh no. I made the my notes go away somehow. Um, there they are. I made you go away, too. That's weird. No, I'm here. I, like, I don't know what I did, but it made like everything <laughs> uh, <laughs> minimized. Anyway. Um, oh, no, I didn't write it down. I just I must have just read it. OK, so the second one, he said he was like, I'll just no, hold on. I got it. I still have it open. <laughs> so the second one is. um. It was written for an old aunt that passed away. 
he said he spoke to her a lot in the last year of her life and she had such a she had such a succinct perspective on her demise and was so open and nothing was sugar-coated. She was totally crippled with arthritis and she was blind, but she would still go downstairs to the basement to do the laundry. And my theory was that she was hoping to maybe fall down the stairs because she just was in so much pain and just done with living. That's what oh, Sebastian damn. said. So it's a very obviously different uh, yeah. subject matter, um, which led to it being um, two songs, I guess. Interesting. Okay. I mean, part two... Like I said, the first time I listened to this was on vinyl, and I almost didn't know where the transition completely happened. You can tell after you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, it gets really dark and mellow, but the first time I was listening to it, it was just jamming, and I was like, oh, this is, I guess, part two I'm in now. I, I will say, um, on the first one, I love that lyric, I'm just like you, I'm no hero, just add zeros. Yeah. It's like... Like that, like a rich person trying to pretend that they're a normal person, but they have more zeros than you. You know, more zeros on their paycheck. I so. feel like I'm bitching a lot, but I do like the song, like New York City Power Elite Part One. Maybe you're just one of the power elite, and you don't you're upset about it. I don't like being called out. Yeah. All right. I don't want to. I don't. I don't like. I want to report this because I see myself in this image. Metro Detroit Power Elite. <laughs> <laughs> I mean. Our- should we talk about track five now? Since we just kind of did. Um, Power Elite Part Two. I'm not gonna lie. All I wrote was "Love the Bass." The song's too short. It's weird. Yeah, all I it's wrote weird. was the how long it would be if you combine them. I don't consider this a track on its own. Now it's not a bad song. It just it goes from the other one. <laughs> but then I flipped the record because this B side is dope. Were you beside yourself? I was. <laughs> oh, I was. Because Totally Wiped Out is my favorite song on the album. Say what? Yeah. I love it. It's it's my favorite rocker, because there's some slow songs I like a lot, too. But uh, it's just like Totally Wiped Out. It, I, from what I'm getting from the lyrics, it's like everything... What am I talking too much? No, no, I'm just waiting to hear. I'm, I'm, I'm always interested because you like I actually like try to look and see what the song's about, and you're just like, what do I feel? What do I hear? Oh yeah, I, don't, and I, don't I, I, I like to see like about. how far off they are, and then like sometimes they're like right on. It's it's it just it's fun. So the lyrics are like totally wiped out from everything you read on the internet, like everything you're seeing in the news. I felt. I mean, I know you told me I didn't know this, but you told me that it was recorded. Before the pandemic happened, but this ton of stuff happening in the news pre-pandemic. Yeah, that's true. So. But I just feel like it's like a song about like just being exhausted from nonstop news. I don't know. It is about something on the internet, but it's not about the news. Oh, what's it about? Well, I already you know all this stuff. Well, how did this come out? I I'll read you what the quote I have from Sebastian. He said, I have a very good friend, Lucas Geronimus, who is an artist from Toronto but lives in Los Angeles, and he's a surf bum. And I asked him for all the surfer lingo. I said, listen, I'm writing a song about internet porn addiction, and I'm, and I'm writing a song about drowning in technologi- the technological world. Can you send me a bunch of cool surf lingo? And he sent me this list of like 200 weird things that surfers say. Just like Brian Wilson never had a fucking surfboard, I used a surfer to write a surf song. Oh, and the scream on the song is Jordan Blythe, Blythe who uh, Jordan from the Blood Brothers, whose name I can't pronounce. I, I love Blood Brothers. So, yeah. Nice. Um, so it's about like. 
being wiped out by technology and by internet porn addiction. And this whole song is like, uh, like internet puns. Yeah, it's mixed in with surfer puns. Oh, I got like, that. I just didn't know it was about porn. No, too. I mean you were close. <laughs> yeah, there's only I one get, part that I he says. Now. There's like one lyric that's like specifically porn. What does he say? He says, uh, "God damn it." <laughs> I'm not even gonna. I'm not even gonna edit these out. This is. This is. You know what? This album is gritty. This podcast is gonna be gritty too. It's Locals. funny you say that because I wrote down. I can't believe Sebastian can scream like that. I did not know that it was someone else, the singer from Blood Brothers. <laughs> um, locals only verified was the thing that made me think. Like the one thing that seemed like kind of porny. Oh, or like okay. meeting people online. Like meeting people online for hookups or whatever. I mean, I just saw it as a broad internet thing. News, yeah, I mean, it's, and I it's, guess porn well, yeah, would be in there too. But yeah, this is my favorite song on the track. And then like that high pitched tone Jesse gets with his bass at the end of the song. It is so sick. So sick. So sick. Better get it some Robitussin. Yeah. That's how sick it is. It's got a fever. All right. Oh, we could come back to the cowbell jokes. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there's cowbell in the first track. That's good. Track seven, Glass Homes. I want to know I your opinion on this. Love the beeps and the boops yes. in this song. Yes. This at song really reminds me of LCD. And at the end. Um, yeah, no, I really like that stuff. As you know, I've been on kind of like a synth wave, retro wave uh, kick in the last couple of years. Um, and we'll hear about more of that in our weekly rewind later on today. Oh, man. Not completely, though. I got some, I got a range of things. But um, do you want to hear the the quotes I have for this guy? Or do you want to uh, talk about it first, and then I'll give you the quotes? Yeah, let's talk about it first. What did you feel when you heard it, Josh? <laughs> You're so, like, textbooky, and I'm all, like, hippie. Well, like, I'm trying to be, I you know, we're trying. I'm trying to yin, yin and yang this thing It is you. working, I think. <laughs> yeah. I don't look up stuff. That's well, not see, true. I did look up stuff in the past, but I'm just trying to play to my strong suit because when I don't look up stuff, I'm like, I like it. <laughs> so, <laughs> I like some, it. with some stuff, especially if it's like something that's new, right? Um, I haven't like established feelings for this yet. Well, before you tell me what the song's about, can I ask you if what I think it's about is right? <laughs> yeah, of course. <laughs> I interpret it. As acknowledging that everyone has a different opinion and you have to walk on eggshells around them. But that pisses you off. I don't know. I mean, like, I think in a way. Um, I mean, don't throw stones in a glass home. Kind yeah, of, I mean, know. that's that's definitely it's a little bit more um, political than that. And uh, <clears throat> not so much political, but just talking about politics a little bit. So. Um, Sebastian says the idea for this song started with the first line. We're all born into other people's stuff. It sounds like a throwaway line, but I was thinking about the fact that I was about to have a kid. She's born and all of a sudden she's surrounded by all of her parents, physical crap. We all were born surrounded by other people's lives. And then I uh, extrapolate from there to the second line. Maybe your politics suck. Face it. Everyone's messed up. If you're a staunch, whatever your perspective is, other people, the other people are the enemy, you know? And when you go to the other side and you look at things from that side, they have the same view of your side. So everyone's 
thinks everyone's wrong and evil, but it's a false dichotomy. It's a fallacy. I don't 100% agree with that, but um, what is going on? Oh, it's your background. Um, and then Jesse said, it's probably the most visible in America because every other country has more than two pol- real political parties. And as Canadians, we're so inundated by the, by their media, the U.S.'s media, that I think we sometimes forget that we don't have that issue. Like, we really do have other options. In Or in India, there are so many political parties, and their voter turnout just destroys that of every other country because they actually really appreciate it. But in the U.S., everything is so binary. It's inhuman. So they're just kind of saying, like, everyone has their shit, and, like, we were, I, I think it's kind of like a, you know, where, th- where everyone has something that they shouldn't be proud of on both sides of the political aisle here and, and like not to throw glass stone, glass uh, stones at glass houses, but then also like, it's not just these two things. Like there's more to it. There's more options. There's more things available. Yeah. I do think that like, it is a false dichotomy. Like there are more than two options, but at the same time, like, I believe, and obviously I'm on one side of this, but like I believe that while both sides of our political environment in America have their problems, there's one side that is legitimately trying to kill democracy and like make it harder for people to vote. And like in like, Georgia. Yeah. So <laughs> um like and there's there's one, you know, there's one side that's doing both sides are doing things that are unsavory, but there's one side that like it's it's the scales are not equal on that at the, yeah. on that front. So, but you know, they're Canadians. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> Canadians. They get actually get extra credit for that. Honestly, I just did a bourbon of blood last night on a Canadian movie, and then now we're doing a Tusk? Canadian album. It's a Canadian week. Was it t- Tusk? No, it wasn't Tusk. It was a horror movie called Slacks about a pair of pants that kill people. It was hilarious. Oh. It was bad. You've gotten that far down into the horror movie that you're doing like Frankenhooker and stuff? Oh, we've done Frankenhooker a long time ago. <laughs> no, I know. This That's one was I... a new one that just came out. Huh. Slacks. <laughs> it's funny. All right. But check that out on Bourbon and Blood, the podcast. <laughs> I realized I should have plugged in at that point. No, it's all good. All right. Are we moving on to We're track A? Or do you got more to tell me about Glass Homes? No. Uh... But I do love the beeps and boops on this song. I will just reiterate that. So good. Is this is this house music or is this chip tune or is this? So I don't. I don't, I don't know. know the differences. <laughs> <laughs> All right. That's why, I, like every week, I'm like, oh, this is like synthwave song. I don't actually know. Like we probably have some person who listens who's like, it's not synthwave. It's whatever something else and. Just remember, we don't know shit. So I got to figure out a way to work that in every week. (laughs) All right. Track eight, Love Letter. This is the cutest fucking song ever. This This is is a a good song. This is a love song. They wrote a legitimate love song. You got like. Like the drum machine and the piano over, you know, that's crooning over missing someone. This is a cute song. And you yeah. would not expect that from Death From Above, really. I wrote, a Death From Above piano ballad is not something I knew I wanted. But you wanted it. Like, if you told me, 
I don't know that I don't know if this is my favorite song. It might be on this album. But if you told me, hey, there's gonna be one song that's like completely different than every anything they've done, or for or like most things that they've done, that's gonna be a song you like the most. I would have told <laughs> you no, no, false. So yeah, no, I re- I like it. Um, I love the I love yeah I love the way I, I mean you already said it I love the the drum machine and the and the uh, the like piano that then kind of turns into like a keyboard synthy kind of thing and the melodies are great yeah yeah it's really good and I think I don't think he does the what I'm dubbing the walkie talkie vocal no he doesn't not in this song in song so. Yep. All right. Let's move on because that song is just great. Track nine, yep. Mean Streets. Mean Streets. I'll go first, I guess. <laughs> mean I love streets. how slow and chill this starts. And then at the one minute mark, it just gets it's the heaviest song on the album for just a moment. And then it goes back to being slow and chill. But I love the like. It was, I love how totally unexpected it is in the middle of the song because you don't it's not part of the full song and the structure is just really good that chunky bass finally comes in perfect when it happens it's just crazy how heavy it gets you didn't like it i wrote i was with this song until the second verse (laughs) (laughs) i do like the bass riff at after like you know we get that like interlude of of like craziness i do like the bass riff at the end but i like i really like the way the song sounds with up the until piano, one minute mark. <laughs> and then man, I was just like, "What is going on?" Um, I think that's the artsy side of me because I love yeah, the structure yeah. of the song where it's like, and it just gets like so heavy, like you're destroying everything around you. I mean, it's playing in the background right now on my headphones, and I'm I'm liking it. I'm not liking it. Like I'm I'm. It's growing on me, but yeah, I definitely like the slower parts of the song better. Than that part for sure. And it's not even like that long of a part. It no, lasts, no, it's like 30 seconds. It's like they had and then a you get back in into that really like dark. It almost sounds like a Silent Hill kind of piano like that. And then he's got that beautiful bass yeah, line. Whatever uh, effect they're doing on the piano. I don't know if there's a recording effect on there or if it's just I like the way it sounds. I mean, it's a similar uh, sound to the way the piano sounds on Love Letter, too. Yeah. Um. And they actually, in one of the interviews I listened to, they were talking about how, like, this is purposefully gritty. The whole, this album. whole album. Yeah. Um, that, that like, uh, Sebastian said, like, modern music, he's, um, he doesn't like how polished and perfect everything is. And yeah, everything is know, really produced. So, um, and I think they're also trying to capture some of that, like, realism that you only get from a live performance that you don't get from the the studio i mean think about how many times we've gone to a show and seen like one of the opening bands that we didn't know we were like this fucking slaps and then yeah. you, you and you go and you buy their ep or whatever and you pop it in the car because this is back when you you know i guess now it would be you look them up on spotify and you play it in the car on the way home or whatever. <laughs> but you buy their you buy their ep and you pop it in and then it's like yeah, that's the same song, but it's so clean. It it doesn't have like the the spirit of the live performance. Not yeah. necessarily even saying it's bad. It's just not doesn't capture you the same way. So Death I, the 
I appreciate that aspect of what they're trying to do here. Well, I feel like they've always kind of done that because I feel like almost every time I've seen I've seen Death from Above twice, and they sound like they do on their records for the most part. Yeah, yeah, like it's very very similar. I do have an interesting tidbit for Go this for song. Um, so uh, Jesse said that he wrote this. He wrote the piano part on his child's guitar. Oh, and nice. He figured it out on piano. He showed the piano part to Sebastian, who wrote the bass part. So role reversal there. Oh. And, um, and then when they got together, he got Sebastian to play the piano, and then he played the drums. And when it comes to play the song live, like either one of them could just walk back and forth because they both played everything on the song. That's sick. Yeah. <sighs> I, mean, God, I really I want wanna... them to do that. So like that that would be fun to see. I want to make sure they're amazing because I want to keep I want to see them live, but I'm worried about the crap you told me. So <sighs> I'm keeping it real, Danny. <laughs> track ten, no war. This is why this song is why I thought, oh, I'm just digging too deep into these lyrics because this one is like i mean it's a really downer song but i don't know the lyrics kind of give me that like oh these guys are kind of like against everything going on or that was terrible but i could be wrong because i don't know but i love at the minute and a half mark they toss in keys or maybe it's a theremin you know what i'm talking about the yeah I hope it's a theremin. Those are dope. <laughs> um, it gives it that creepy, spooky old movie vibe. Yeah. Jesse does say he did say in his like Proud Boy like uh, um, con- con- condemnation like response, he did say that like he's anti-war and anti-violence, and he always has been. Okay. Which well, Proud Boys good. are very violent, so yeah, <laughs> especially the guy like that he was like the guy that he that he went on the podcast with and stuff is like very much like, no, we want you to beat the shit out of people and we want you to do, you know, whatever, whatever. So, um, I'm being so optimistic was, here. Listeners, if you I, hear anything, let me know, but I'm really hoping our boys here are good are on the good side of history. I think that this song, you could probably take it at face value as far as like them not wanting war. And, uh, you know, although, yeah, I don't know. I, you know, nothing is super straightforward. Right. So, uh, I do have a quote from Jesse on this song too. Said this song makes a little bit of sense with outrages now because that album cover was based on the poster for John Lennon and Yoko Ono's war is over. If you want it, it's rooted in the idea that we originate in the misunderstand or sorry, it's rooted in, in the idea that wars originate in misunderstandings that come from dumb perspectives. One of the keys to ending all this nonsense is getting rid of of the heroes and being critical of things from the past. Like, hey, that was great. Really? Well, how great was it? Uh, all that stuff starts with the mindset that can be led around by the nose. We have to start letting that stuff go if we want things to get better. Easier said than done, my friend. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So, yeah, I think you can take the, I think you can take this one at face value. I don't know. Good, good. So, any other thoughts on no war? Nope. No, th- no thoughts. No thoughts. No war. No thoughts. Oh. <laughs> Overall, know. though, 
I still love this album. I'm really into it. Currently, this is on my favorites of 2021. Oh, it's early. I, I, I wait till the summer and I make sure all these albums still stuck with me. You know, when you still jam them all the way. Yeah. I'm playing Glass Homes again. Isn't it good? You can tell from my boop bop head movements. I, I do think the B side of this album is better than the first, but I do like it all. Well, the B side is like where they really kind of like stretched, stretched out. Yeah. I think. Stretch it out. Um, my final thoughts are I think I hyped this up too much in my brain. I still did, I still liked the album. Um, but I just uh, I think I set myself up for failure a little bit, um, but it w- it was good. I I don't know where I'd put it in the like their lexicon. Probably third, but maybe maybe on subsequent. I I would really need to listen to their first album more um, and listen to Outrage's now more to kind of refresh. Might be might be number two. Physical World is definitely still number one though. Yeah. Have you heard of? Or have you listened to Royal Blood? No. All right, I want you to pull this up. This is actually on my weekly recommendations, but it goes into what you're talking about right now. I think maybe I'm wrong, but listen to the new song Limbo by Royal Blood. You can put it on the podcast because I want to hear it too. (laughs) (laughs) I think it sounds like Older Death from Above, like the stuff you like. I, I could be way off, but I was feeling it. Do you hear it? Like the. Yeah, no, I. Yeah, I feel. Yeah, that. it sounds that's, like older death from above. Hitting that with a like on the. Yeah, that's high machine. So that's one of my weekly recommendations, but I wanted to bring it up now because I, I had a feeling, the vocals at least. Yeah, one well, I think everything like... about. Well, I mean, with with the exception of like the electronic stuff at the beginning, but. But I, I obviously we know I like that kind of thing too. So. Yeah, you do. Yeah, you do. You dirty. Yeah, I do. <laughs> All, All right. right. So yeah, that's my final thoughts. You gave your final thoughts, I think, right? Yep, that was death from above. I suggest checking it out. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it's good. It's grimy. Check it out. It's dirty, dirty, sexy. Okay, don't make it weird. <laughs> I make everything weird. All right. Weekly recommendations. Weird. Weekly roundup. I don't know why I always Weekly title it. Weekly rewind. <laughs> rewind. Let me just change it. Because I have a playlist that I delete. Or don't delete. But I I move everything out of it at the end of the week. And put new stuff in. This way, I just always call it weekly rewind. Boom. Look at that. I mean, I'm not really worried about what we call it on there. I like to have structure. No, I don't. All right. What do you got? What do you got? All right, uh, our old friends Lipstick Jody put out a new su- single this week called Notice. Did they? Yeah. All right, this is pissing me off because 
Manchester Orchestra put out a new song that I didn't know about till yesterday, and then you just told me that. What is my Spotify playlist giving me? Because it's crap. You got to make sure you're following the artists. That's I one do. Of the I follow both those artists. Huh. And I didn't get either of those. Like, I didn't. How did I miss the Manchester Orchestra song? I'm annoyed. Don't they don't show up in mine either. So. All right. So now I got to add Lipstick Jody just to listen to. But continue. Sorry. Yeah. So it's, uh, you know, it's it's good. If you like the last couple songs that have come off uh, their forthcoming album. Uh, I think it's called More Like Me. No. You think I'd like I think it's that. called Notice. Well, no, the song's called Notice, but I was saying these are, yeah, More Like Me. Oh, okay. See, I, I questioned myself, and I was right on the money. Yeah, no, it's just one of the, yeah, they've released three songs now off that album, and it's that album is coming out May 7th. Ooh, let's go put pre- that in the books. Yeah, yeah oh, yeah. I've uh, already pre-ordered the uh, translucent uh, red vinyl. Very excited about it. Ooh. Looks really cool. So definitely check them out. They're from Grand Rapids. Might be working on a little something with them. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. Um, yeah. St- continuing to fangirl out about Lipstick Jody. No, that's that, really that, good. So that has continued. That was my. I, 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 I've said it before. I'll say it again. I, I was very proud when I said, "Hey, check this out." And you were like, "You text me. You're like, I really like that." And I was like, "Hell yeah!" <laughs> it's never I me. You've done it's that always before you. a few times. <laughs> um, my next one is the Midnight. Uh, the track that was on my list was "Devil Make a Deal," um, but it was on their EP that actually just recently came out called "Horror Show." Um, and they are a synthwave uh, outfit, um, and they, but they're kind of more like gunship, like with lyrics and kind of more normal song structure, less like video game background music kind of thing. So um, they're pretty good. They're one of the they're one of my favorite uh, synthwave artists. There's a synthwave album called Horror Show, and this is the first time you're telling me about it. Well, I didn't know what the EP was called until I was looking up for. Her. Okay, I've definitely talked about the the Midnight a bunch. Yeah, though, I, so. I remember um, talking about the album Monsters. That was one of my favorites of last year of that style of music. Yeah, or the Monsters. Cool, cool. Um, my next one is a song called "Change" by a Spanish metal band called Far and Hate. Oh. Um. And it's uh, melodic with some, it's got clean vocals and screaming. It definitely, um, they classify themselves as modern metal. It's definitely like radio metal, but I like the song. Far and, N hates? Yeah, far apostrophe, then letter N, oh. another apostrophe, and then hate. Um, and the reason that I found that, that so I've never, I hadn't, hadn't previously heard of Far and Hate, um, but, uh, Mike Perez, the lead singer of No Bragging Rights, which is a melodic hardcore band that I really like. And I've seen a bunch of times back in the day. Uh, he has, uh, some screaming and some clean vocals on this song, which are really, Mike, uh, is a guy who his, I like his, I'm not a scream guy, but, uh, his screaming is, uh, like you can still tell what he's saying, 
It's yeah. not real growly. And then his clean vocals are actually like really good. Like if if he decided one day to do like a pop punk thing, he'd be like a okay. Like it, he has he has great clean vocals. So he does a little bit of both. Uh, it's a, it's a pretty good song. I can I definitely feel like uh, it's I I like it. I definitely think um, it might land on like more of the the guilty pleasure side just because i know some of my friends kind of scoff at like radio rock eh, i don't know that it's whatever. radio rock but it's definitely closer to that than other stuff that i listen to so they 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 also earned some non-radio like street cred from me uh by having mike on because he's you know his yeah. band's not a radio metal band so um i got another like synth wavy thing uh math bonus um math bonus all one word the song is tremor it's off their summer bells ep that recently it actually came out i think in the end of february um there's it's like really atmospheric stuff um and actually tremors totally sounds like it could be like it sounds like an instrumental from a rap song like like there were lyrics over it and they took it away i don't think that's what it is but that i mean that's it's 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 good stuff i i uh I've been they've been plopping the the stuff from this EP in my release radar like every week, like one song each week. And um, I like them. I've I've liked all of them independently of each other. And then I was like, well, shit, this this person like put out a this must be like an actual album. Um, And so then I I looked it up so I could mention that it's yeah. And they just they post everything on like SoundCloud and Bandcamp. And so you can check them out there. And um, I also saw a thing about. Diplo stole one of his beats like earlier this year and he tweets about it some. So <laughs> it's interesting, interesting thing going on there. I was trying to get to the bottom of it, see what song it was, if it was something <laughs> I'd heard before, but I couldn't find it. Um, two more. Uh, Juliana Theory, uh, A Dream Away was re- finally like the actual album was released. Uh, it's got one new song and then the rest of the songs on it are reimagined versions of songs from their first three albums. So um, excited to get that in the mail. Mm. Yeah. Good stuff. I've been I've been, uh, you know, this has also been kind of dripping out one song at a time on my release radar, just like math bonus. Um, and I've been talking about those two. But yeah, now the, the album is finally out. And that's cool. I didn't know that it was released on vinyl. So that's pretty sweet. So you guys should pick that up just like Danny did, because Juliana Theory is cool. Um, <laughs> and then lastly, uh, Meet Me at the Altar, which is pop punk band. Ah, they were uh, on my list. Good choice. Do you want me to save it for you? No, you, no I have a lot. So go ahead. Okay. Um, so Danny showed me this this band. Uh, it's three uh, women, uh, and they're a awesome pop punk band signed by Field by Ramen. Uh, they kind of remind me of an older sound and a newer sound kind of together. Uh, their music's really fun. The song is called Hit Like a Girl, and they actually recorded it for, recorded and released it for Women's History Month. So, I think they sound like, like I was trying to describe them to someone, if like three awesome women were basically Newfound Glory, because their sound is very that kind of pop punk, like that like fun pop punk. Yeah, but without like, I think there's a lot of newfound glory clones. No, but I don't. This but is because, a good clone. <laughs> yeah, I'm not saying they're a clone. I think that they 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 play a similar style of pop punk, but because they don't have a singer who's trying to sound exactly like the singer from Newfound Glory, yeah. you know, and it probably helps that it's you know a woman. But 
Um, I think, so don't, you know, don't get me wrong, people. I don't think they're copying them at all. No, not at all. I think I think they're awesome. Like I, they've been kind of like slow, slow release. They've like releasing one song at a time. And I'm like, I can't wait for this album. I'll, I'm going to when they drop an album. I mean, they've dropped an album, but they're when they drop an album with Feel by Ramen, I'll be picking up the, the vinyl. So, yeah, it sounds sick. It does. It's got that pop punk style of like sticks and stones, but it's nothing like actual newfound glory. And I love that it's I love that it's women and I love that they're all um, women of color. So it's like something that the scene like really needs because it's like, you know, the pop punk alternatives, you know, scene is full of like straight white dudes. White dudes. <laughs> so, yeah, we need is, you know, we need diversity in the scene. Um, so I'm all about it. Word, word, word. I'm a white dude who wants less white dude bands. Please, and thank you. <laughs> any more? Nope, that's my last one. And I do not have any what the fuck songs this week, so. I have an interesting one to start it off with. I actually really like Little Nas X's new song, oh, Montero. Yeah. <laughs> okay, I'm glad that you have it on there, because I wanted to bring it. I, I watched the video today. I've I, I didn't video. even... I didn't know about it until I saw the all the stuff with the devil shoes. Yeah, Apparently, those are awesome Nike, with blood in them. Nike is suing him, or no? Nike is suing the the custom shoe manufacturer that like worked with him, um, because like people are already saying they're gonna boycott Nike because they think Nike made the shoe when in reality they just customized you know six hundred and sixty six of a certain shoe that was like already released. Um, whatever. <laughs> yeah. No, it's um you should watch the video. It harkened me back to a time when videos mattered. Um oh. and he's definitely like um letting like he's you know, you see him in that like the hot pink or the hot green like cowboy hat and all that stuff, like on the red carpet. Like he's de- he's wearing like a bunch of wild outfits, he's lap dancing the devil, he's like it's it's a it's a it's an experience. I didn't so hate little nas i did hate the old country road song but just because <clears throat> it was played out in Fortnite by my kids so yeah oh that's <laughs> such a weird sentence to hear you say i know right <laughs> <laughs> no i i uh that song just makes me think of nascar because like we were hearing it like everywhere at nascar <laughs> Uh, my next choice is The Bronx, hardcore band from way back in the day. came out with a song called White Shadow. It's fucking dope. Um, the band Mannequin Pussy. The song is called Control. It's a cute little indie song. Same I was going to put next... it on mine, but I knew it would be on yours, so I left it off. Ah. Uh, Jenison McRae, Starting to Get to You. is another very slow but awesome indie song. I love the little guitar. Like It's almost like a flamenco guitar in it. Um, I actually love the new All Time Low jam, Once in a Lifetime. See, All Time Low, I either love their albums or hate them. Like, it's almost op- like polar opposites each album. But I like their last album. I think so my you're... heart is just hardened to All Time Low, and I can't do it. Why? Did you not like their first like couple albums? I, I don't. I don't even remember. Oh man, their first like full length album and their EP that so good, so fucking good. Um, the new Beartooth Jam. After hearing this, I went and pre-ordered, and I got it just in time before it sold out. It's a good jam. Very cool. Um, 
there's a good dance song by the band Jungle. It's called Keep Moving. It's fun. I really enjoyed it. Also, another surprise one, Demi Lovato's new song, Dancing with the Devil. Ooh. I really like it. <laughs> um, I already showed you Royal Blood, Limbo. That's the one that That's sounds like cool. old death yeah. from above. What else do I got? Origami Angel. Nutrigen Spectre is good. I don't know why I said it like that. <laughs> New Manchester Orchestra, like I was talking about, Keel Timing. And then the last two are the ones you suggested to me. Who was this one? Oh, 68, the song What You Feed. Yeah, it was actually a pretty good week for music, and I got to check out Lipstick Jody. 68 is related to what other band? Are they? It's like one of those... I thought it was one of those hardcore bands that Doug was talking about when he was on. I uh, don't know. Something like Chariot or something like that. Does that sound right? The Chariot? Maybe. Maybe I'm making this up. I might be making it up. No, Doug, will let me, Doug will let me know when he listens. I'm trying to look up and read through their thing real quick. I don't know. Yeah. Oh, you know what? Oh, one more. I Sorry. saw these guys at Bloodfest, I think. Did you? Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Uh, the new Gorgera song is super sick. I'm really excited for that. I, I'm so picky on my metal. And sometimes one just comes along and I'm like, oh, shit. Your phone went off. That's my work phone. It's dumb. People call me at 9.50 or text me at 9.50 p.m. Inappropriate. Inappropriate. Work <laughs> boundaries. So, yeah, that was my weekly rewind. Wow, oh, goddamn it. Weekly. No, no yeah, you, weekly said, you got it right. Don't don't correct <laughs> yourself. You got it. Um. Oh, so going back on the Gojira thing, I think that might be a f- fully great metal album. I don't know why. I just wanted to finish that statement. All right, okay. so what are we doing next week, Josh? Something that you're excited about, Ooh, right? Ooh, dana, 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 dana. We are doing. Um, so it's it is uh, one of the best times of the year to be a wrestling fan. It's WrestleMania season. We got WrestleMania coming up in April, so we are doing Danny's favorite topic. Because <laughs> Danny's such a big wrestling fan, we are doing um, top ten wrestling entrance themes because music is actually a big part of wrestling um and uh we're gonna have mike back on who was on our green day episode and then we're also gonna have uh joe uh joe fourth is gonna be on he's listens to the show and he's a wrestling fan who has also has a lot of uh um, he's very opinionated about music so i got a question because i started to do some research on this okay um after watching a whole bunch of youtube videos and listening to a bunch of playlists the only one I put on my list so far is uh, Sky's the Limit, the Sasha Banks intro, but I haven't actually seen it. I just like that song. Okay. Is it a good intro? Because I'm not going to pick them if they look dumb coming out. <laughs> well, first of all, I mean. It's got Snoop Dogg in it. So that was. Yeah. Snoop Dogg's her cousin. So. Oh, shit. That's legit. I think, I think her. Yeah. And at WrestleMania one year, he actually like performed her out to the ring too oh no yeah sasha banks theme is a good one i think that's a fair that's a fair one to put on your 
on your list. So. I'm going to only pick songs that I think the song is fun and the actual wrestler coming out to it is fun. Well, so I will, you know, you, you said something to me when, when I, I ran this by you along the lines of like, um, what was I going to say? Uh, you know, you don't really know other than a couple of guys. Um, and I don't watch wrestling for the listeners. No, you don't. There. I know the joke we made earlier. Um, but it, I, it's not just about the song. It's like for us, it'll be it'll be about this. It'll be about the song, but also like about how well the song fits with the wrestler, what the the memories or whatever, the feelings that the song gives you. Because um, I'll definitely like you know, there's some themes from back in the day like that are like not amazing but because of the person or the things that they're um you know involved with or how cool the entrance was like for instance um i'm not going to put this on there so i'll say this at rest there was a wrestlemania where um triple h came out to for who the bell toll for whom the bell tolls by metallica and it like played that and did this like light thing like it was like the lead up to him coming out and then like right at like the the when the song like really hits, he like smashes through some glass with his sledgehammer and then his like song actually starts or whatever. It's like really cool. So it's not so much necessarily about that that song's awesome, which that I mean, for whom the bell tolls is like a good is like a perfect song for a wrestler to come out to. Yeah. But like it's that whole moment that makes it cool. So uh, I don't want to yes. dig into my list too much, but I yeah, also, I, I, well, I, I'm assuming everyone's going to have it, but I have the John Cena song just cause it was so funny. Like me and my brother used to like play it whenever we came into the room and like, doo, 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 doo. I, I don't know these, uh, you're going to be on here with a couple, uh, with a bunch of smarky, uh, smart wrestling fans who might not put John Cena's theme. Well, song hopefully they're there. cool with me then because I don't no, know they, shit about no, it. They know this. you don't know shit and it'll be fine. <laughs> so I also got a strawberry moon for Akeem Tozawa. I don't know, but that song was fun. <laughs> Akira Tozawa. Yeah. Yeah. That song. Um, strawberry moon. No, right, I, uh, when I, when I, I asked you, if you were cool doing it, which I knew you would be, but I wanted to just, I didn't want to be like, this is what we're doing. I wanted to, you know, and, um, I, so when I text them, Mike goes, Oh, Danny's going to hate this. Ha ha ha. Like <laughs> they, they know, they know. Oh, PS. I wanted to, I was right. Uh, I didn't know this. I just remember, I think Doug saying it, Josh, uh, Skogan, is, uh, f- that's in 68 is formerly of the hardcore punk band the chariot oh sick because so. that does not sound like the chariot so that's cool yeah yep 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 yeah no i totally saw them at Bloodfest. that's really cool nice uh yeah so next week we're doing wrestling wrestling yeah don't turn it don't tune out if you don't like wrestling it'll still be fun yeah, I mean, I'm going to be talking about wrestling. All five of you who listen. <laughs> hey, maybe I mean, maybe, maybe that guy from the AFI fan club will listen. Oh, and Chris Caraba will obviously be listening. Yeah, obviously. So. And who else? Who's and the Kate other... Bush. Yeah, Kate Bush. Did you All get any our... hate mail yet? Did anyone like no. email you about hating Kate Bush? No. Although, <laughs> I don't know when the last time I checked the email was. So. I mean, I'll do that, that right would now. be hilarious. You motherfucker. How dare you not like Kate Bush? 
So, yeah. All right. Well, thanks well, for listening to another episode of Beside Ourselves. <laughs> Wait, Beside oh, Ourselves. Ourselves. <laughs> Later, guys. All right, bye. Thanks for listening to this episode of Beside Ourselves. Beside Ourselves is written and recorded by Danny Lowens and Josh Schramm. Beside Ourselves is available on SoundCloud, Spotify, and Apple Podcast. If you like the show, please be sure to rate, review, subscribe, and tell your friends. You can follow and interact with us on Instagram and Twitter at B underscore SidePod. If you have an album or music topic you want us to cover on a future episode, be sure to slide into those DMs and let us know. The intro music for today's show is by Former Critics. Check them out at formercritics.bandcamp.com.